The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson. Uh, returning guest Charlie Clawson, Graham Elwood is here. Hello. Hello. It's good to have you here, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, dude. You're on the podcast rounds. You're a podcast slut. I well, I'm pitching something, so I am just right. like Johnny. I did five interviews on Monday. Do you say the same things over and over, or do you like? Is it different every time? I try to shake up the Kickstarter thing I'm pitching as much as I can, and ta- I try to talk to each guest about the po- what podcasting and how the documentary would affect them, so that their fans. Like I was on Todd Glass's show, and we were talking about how powerful podcasting. I said, Todd, you didn't come out of the closet on. Conan O'Brien. No, you did it on Mark Maron. Yep, and that's a pod. You know, so that, I mean, but that is amazing. That when you look back at defining moments in podcasting, that's it. That's like, and a couple of them are, are very much Maron related. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when the the New York Times did that big piece on podcasting and Mark Maron, that was a big moment for podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I think when Todd came out on that show, that was like when everyone went, "Oh, okay, this is this is where we do this now." It was it was amazing. Yeah, it was like I remember when he did that. I was I'm on the road a lot with Doug Benson and Doug goes, man, I wish you would have come out on my show. And I was like, oh wow, we're fighting for guys to come out. You Although, know, uh, it'd be a much weirder place to drop it just in an episode of Doug Loves Movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can name that in two names. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm gay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, like, Leonard Malton out of the closet would be a new game. Uh, all right, so well, why don't we start with just talking about the the, the podcast and the Kickstarter? Because I mean. Uh, it, it is something that I am fascinated in. So explain people for people who imagine that people who are listening to this have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Explain it from the start. A podcast is a digital radio show. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know what you're listening to right now? No, yeah. I know what you mean. No, but you know what? Like that is the first thing that you're trying to deal with, I think, which is the idea that there are still, particularly in Australia, like because in America, only a small percentage of people know what a podcast right. is. But by comparison, in Australia, it's a much, much smaller percentage. We're, really? we're probably four or five years behind in the development of where podcasts are, ah. you know, in Australia to where they are here. Right. And even here, there's probably 80% of the population doesn't know what it is. Right. Yeah. How do I get it into my... Oh, what channel is it on? Yeah. Do I have to rub my iPod on my... <laughs> what do I rub it on? I don't what, understand how this works. What time does it come on? <laughs> Whenever you want it to. Okay. But then what channel? Like I hear that conversation. So anyway... And it's hard to like to say to people, you know how you listen to the radio... But like you have to listen through it for hours to get to that one interesting right. conversation you like. You know, this old outdated model of like, you know, you will listen to a radio show because on Friday that entertainment guy comes on right. who you think is hilarious. And you will sit through ads and music you don't like Traffic, and conversations about that. things that you don't like just to get to that. If you, we're basically saying to people, oh, no, you can just go out and find that thing that you like. And talk about it. And then if you like entertainment guy and you like a sport guy and you like a movie, then just go get them. Make it up yourself. <laughs> like you make up all your right. and you just put them in your phone or your iPod or whatever and you carry that around with and you. And listen to it whenever you want. Yeah. And I think like, so that's one of the things that the, the idea for the documentary came from Chris Mancini, my co-host on Comedy Film Nerds, which is a show you've been on. Yes, and Chris will be on this show uh, next week, ah, which is awesome. good. Nice. We're, we're tag teaming you for promo. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Chris, run, go get everybody. Um, and so we, you know, helped put together with Dave Anthony and Andy Wood, the LA Podcast Festival, yes. which you guys did this past October, which was awesome. I was on it. I loved it. Um, and we had a camera crew getting interviews with everybody just for promo for the festival. And we got these interviews with a lot of podcasters and fans. And we started hearing all this really cool stuff like your interview, which is, you know, you talk about 
saying, you know, hey, I'm from Australia. Most of these American fans don't even know who I am. And yet you had a hundred some people packed into that room because they'd heard you on Walking the Room and and on Comedy Film Nerds or wherever else. And what that meant to you, you know, as a guy who's established himself, very nice career in Australia and kind of starting over a little bit here and, and how cool that was that all these fans are discovering you for the first time in this very different way. Like, who's this Will Anderson guy? And just like, no, no, this guy's fucking awesome. You got to check him out. But not only that, like they're coming to the table, uh, you know, sometimes like, you know, I've done Chelsea Handler's show like six times, right? If someone came to my show based on seeing me like tell jokes about Macaulay Corkin or Kim Kardashian, yeah. like they would come to the show and they'd be like, ah, oh, this is not really... Right. Like I'm not like that. I don't talk about those things in my acts. Whereas I think if people come from the podcast... They know, they're invested in you. Right. And they've got more of a sense of you as a complete person. And then on stage, you can talk about whatever you want because you can, they're... They'll go anywhere with right. you. And I think that's kind of what, you know, we were getting all these interviews and you like, you know, Mark Maron uh, talking about, you know, he says he's there on the couch with Paul Gilmartin and, you know, Paul Gilmartin says, uh, it's the most empowering thing I've done. And Paul is a guy who hosted on TBS for years and he had this steady gig and we always joked about that was his first audition. Why don't you take a second one? You know, right. like that was always <laughs> like, um, and then, and then Mark Maron talking about how he likes doing stand up, but he's more authentic when he's podcasting mm -hmm. um you know uh, which i think for stand-ups in particular can be a little bit confronting because i think we always believed whether it's true or not whether it's like a self-mythology that we you know impose upon ourselves to justify what it is we do but there there is this kind of myth or whatever it is or maybe a truth that like comedians are modern day philosophers and they have the capacity on stage to say things that you know other people in society can't say i i constantly go back to the idea of the the joker in the king's court the only person who was allowed to make fun of the king was, was the joker uh -huh. and as long as that person was funny then they were allowed to live right <laughs> But these days, I've learned recently, uh, Dave Anthony and I did a podcast, an unexpected podcast that people can listen to if they'd like, uh, called An Unexpectedly Serious Conversation that we put out uh, not long ago. We ended up talking about, for an hour, a guy I knew who, had, uh, who, was, who was a friend of mine who had downloaded child pornography and, and went to prison. Oh, and man. the thing at the end of that conversation was, and the way, look, I, I won't divulge people's uh, you know, specific stories, but I got mail from, uh, we were, we were worried about putting the podcast up because of the subject matter, you know, and I put it up because I, I thought that the audience would trust me and we'd build up a level of trust. I certainly put a warning at the start to say to people, if this is your first time on the podcast, don't right. listen to this yeah, one yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not always like this. Um, but, you released it as an episode of faux fop. Yeah. Like as a bonus episode, okay. like a, yeah, mm -hmm. but it, and the and it was you know some of it was funny but it was mostly not funny but the thing i got was i got letters from like people who were raped by teachers at high school oh, i got wow. a letter from a guy who had been ripping off money from his company for over 15 years and talked about the idea of when he got caught that he was glad that he had got caught in a way because he'd had this terrible secret that he was carrying around and even though it cost him, you know, like his family and sure. his wife and whatever. It, yeah, he wrote me a, like this wonderful message and I'm trying not to give away too much mm -hmm. about it because it was a personal thing about him listening to that episode on the train and like crying like openly on the train on the way home from work. And I, it occurred to me in that moment that I could have never discussed that on stage as a stand-up because the complexities, no the grey areas – the things that you have to be able to like have a conversation where sometimes you can even change your mind in the conversation mm -hmm. when you hear someone else's perspective is not something that stand-up allows you. And also stand-up people are coming for a very specific thing. They're coming to a comedy club. They bought a ticket to laugh, basically. And so it is sort of our responsibility in that context right. to be funny first and foremost. If you can make people think... Yeah. Great. Yeah, but you got to dance first, monkey. Yeah, you got to, Ben. You better, yeah, you <laughs> better you ever. Can, then you can start throwing your poo at us, but you got to dance first, monkey. And you better have a shiny vest on. Right. Um, <laughs> Some sort of organ grinder. I'd like to see <laughs> that, please. A hat with a tassel. Right. I want right. to see it all. But no, that's, that's such a great point. Where and what other form of medium in the history of mankind have you been able to do that? In the middle of this show, Fofop, which is largely com comedic, yep. you sure you talk politics or whatever, to take an, we're going to do a special show, an hour about something that, you know, 
that has to be extremely difficult to come to grips with that for you is that like, I think about when you said that to me, my first thing was Jesus, what if a lifetime friend? And I understand why pedophiles and incest, it gets covered up. Right. Cause it's like, I don't want to cope. No, 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 no. I don't want to deal with this. Nope. You know, my, there's no way my uncle did that or my dad or whatever. Uh, 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 uh. And, and, I, I, and I certainly don't want to talk out loud about the fact that I have conflicting feelings about it. Right. Because what society expects me to say right. and what I would have expected me to say 10 years ago before I went through this situation is that is 100% completely wrong. Fuck and there him. is no... Yeah. And you know what? There's still a fair part of me that does oh, yeah. think that, by the way. Yeah. Um, that, but it worried me or interested me that there was at least a part of me that was looking for an excuse to make an excuse, to forgive or whatever. And to be able to express that. Like, I think these conversations hopefully are good for people because they allow, you know, people to go, I've been, even if it's not that same situation. Well, clearly, though, it is because of the letters you've already received. Right. And the fact that, you know, I, I haven't listened to it and nor was I that not there, but I know you and I know Dave Anthony, and I know that you had a discussion. It wasn't, again, like some you know, right-wing Fox News, uh, uh, like, this is it, and then add, you know, and then ticker underneath to get you scared or whatever. Like, that's, the again, the beauty of podcasting is you can do whatever you want. Right. You want to do a special episode where you talk about that? Guess what? You get to do it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, And I don't think there's ever been a time in the history of what we do that we've had this sort of freedom. Ever. We, this is normally the shit that gets shut down. Oh yeah, this is the like no, you you're done. I mean, we're living in hump up the volume. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. not hump up the volume. Hump, hump up, up the volume. The porn version. Hump, up, was hump up the volume. I think. <laughs> Christian Slater rides around in van and fucks people. Yeah, that was a, that was a great. great He's move. pitching that now. That is new. It's like a gritty reboot. Gritty reboot. Bring it back. Bring it's it like back. Christian, Christian Slater, as an older guy, has a podcast in a van, but it's the one they used to use for the bait bus, and so it's half porn, half podcast. Hump up the volume. Yeah, yeah. I'm pitching that. I love it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm on board. Um, but. Yes, I mean, I think this, if you look at that, um, there was a terrible movie uh, called The The Boat That Rocked. Is that what it was called? It was about, like, it was about the pirate radio. Oh, pirate radio in, boat in, in England. Right. This is pirate radio. That's what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And in the past, what has ruined pirate radio has always been either censorship or commerce. Like, they're the two mm -hmm. things. It either gets to a point where people say, no, you can't say that sort of thing, and we're going to bring in a lot of rules and regulations and that sort of or stuff. Or we're going to buy you out. Or we're going to buy you out, and then you won't be able to say those things because of your Money. big corporate sponsor or whatever. It's, a, it's a weird time to be in something. Like, you do feel like at the moment, because also, all these people who are doing these things for free would love to at least be able to pay for them, Dude, right? Believe me. At the very, but, but we all love doing this the most. Like if, if we could do this in a way that paid some of our bills as well. I've said this before. We had, we had Eddie Ift on the show and we were talking about, yeah, I'd love to be on a sitcom. I'd love to do that or whatever. But if you told me, Graham, here's a couple million dollars being on a sitcom where at the end of each, at the end of the day, you're like, that was a, kind of funny because, you know, sitcoms aren't that great unless they're like 30 Rock or right. something. Or... 150 grand a year doing comedy film nerds and stand up. Right. Sold. Wouldn't think about it. I right? even, I've been booked twice. So it's like, you know, $10 million or 150. Give me 150. I can fucking live like a king on 150 grand. Right. I can go on surf trips. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll buy a couple of nice samurai swords. I'll be fucking golden. <laughs> I'll be golden. You know, you can, you can budget enough out of your 150 for one new samurai sword per year. At least. <laughs> Right, and maybe a new surfboard. Right, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? right. And and uh, so like that is like you say, and it's it's. I really feel like I've I say this a lot. I feel like it's rock and roll in the fifties. Yep. You know where they're like, who's this Elvis guy? He's crazy. Or it's a fad, and no one can even imagine at that in the fifties that there would be these stadium shows and U two and lasers and whatever else. You know right. what I mean? Like, and I really feel like that's where we're at. And I yeah. And well, I, I I I mean the thing that I say is punk rock because it feels like punk rock. It feels homemade. You know, it feels like it's shaking up the system. People are saying things that people weren't saying when things have got safe. You know, I think that podcasting, it, as we know it, is is very much a reaction to how safe like radio in particular right. got like radio became terrible 
Right. Like if there was good radio still, then people wouldn't necessarily, right. like podcasts might not have needed to happen. But because radio became so safe and so commercial and so Even formulaic. Even the music that they play right. is like, we have to play these nine songs because the label paid for it or whatever. And it's just like, you know, and, and, and of course there's, you know, there's like ESPN and these big, they do a lot of podcasts, right? right? And they've got big sponsors like Subway and Coca-Cola and all that shit. And, and they're doing, and they're still in that, be careful what you say model, because it's just sort of a digital extension of this big corporate arm. But whatever the stuff we're doing, we're sitting here talking into a Zoom over a dining room table with the softest blanket I've ever had. Like, I know, this is I, like a baby's, this is it's just amazing. You know, the interesting thing is, because uh, uh, we're, we're indoors today, because it's a little bit cold to sit out on the balcony today. That Sometimes I've been doing some balcony casts. I've been enjoying those. But, <laughs> balcony casts. But, but <laughs> to, it's a little echoey in here still, because I don't have any like you know right. art and stuff on the walls. So what I've done, because we're on a wooden table, is I just got like a blanket off the couch and I've put it on. That's basically I've created a studio. But what I really... <laughs> realized was that this is the softest blanket of all time and all i do when i'm like talking it's distracting. is just sit here and just, rub oh. the blanket like you're telling me something and i'm just like this blanket is gorgeous it's like i'm taking graham back to the womb yeah you know, literally you could be like graham i've been in a time machine here winning lottery numbers i'd be like soft blanket soft <laughs> gorgeous blanket so um so podcasting let me let, before we get to the i mean this is all part of the conversation we're having uh, tell me about what where you were at when you started your podcast like how long ago was it why did it start in the first place how did it start well i'll backtrack I'll, I'll go to the very i did the first podcast i ever did was i think in 05 or 06 and it was called uh, uh comedians in combat and it was for the now live network right and we would live stream it so they were still like a radio they were doing like a radio thing and then they were trying to kind of have a social networking arm to their website so we would live stream it and i would have to drive from the beach up to the valley which is about a 30 minute drive on every monday or something like that and what the what the show was was i uh i've been to afghanistan and iraq um to do stand-up comedy for the for the military um and I would have other... I'm glad you put for the military. For the military. Yeah. <laughs> for the enemy. Yeah, Look, yeah. I, I was taking whatever gigs I could get at that stage. We all got to work. You know what I mean? The <laughs> Taliban funny bone outside of Kabul. It's a good club. It's a good club. It's a good club. Uh, yeah, for the enemy. Uh, yeah. Did you play a la... Heri- a la uh, what did you do? A la hilarities? A la... A la <laughs> I, I couldn't quite get it out. A la hilarities? <laughs> yeah. I did that. That's outside of Jalalabad. Yeah. Good gig. Um... But so, yeah. Ha would have been better. That's, <laughs> there it is. Wellanderson.com, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, so I started doing that one, and I would have a comic on who'd been over there, and we would trade stories. Okay, yep. And um, because we all have these, if you've ever been over there, it's always like crazy, heart, funny stories, like, oh my God, but then everyone had a like, yep. really heart wrenching story oh, like I mean uh, people have heard Tom Gleason and Justin Hamilton and people like that come on this podcast and talk about their experiences entertaining the troops like it's clearly something that like you know changes your life Ever, in so many forever. different ways it changes you forever like if you don't want to change fundamentally as a person don't go on one of those tours because it will it's it's I'd love to talk to Justin about it um, so that's what the show was I didn't get it at the time I was like, why am I doing a radio show for free? I'm not yep. getting paid. I'm mm-hmm. like, this, I, this is such a hassle. Um, Facebook, uh, obviously, it wasn't even in, I, I don't even think MySpace had really come onto the scene yet. Right. You know what I mean? So I didn't get any of that. And I was like, um, I wanted to make that into a TV show uh, and even shot like a pilot for it. Um, and so that sort of ended. 06, I think I stopped doing that. Maybe, no, no, 07, I was still doing it in 07 because I went to Iraq with Scott Kennedy, who's a guy who went over there 50 sometimes and passed away last year. He's a great dude. Um, and uh, and we did like a live one on Thanksgiving Day, like a live stream thing, which was kind of a cool thing. But again, podcasting hadn't taken off. And so I was kind of like, eh. and right around 07 is when uh, Chris Mancini and myself Chris said, let's start this website. Comedy Film Nerd started as a website with movie reviews, funny movie reviews written by comedians and an online store. Um, and so then 07 is when all this, like, Never Not Funny and all those shows started popping up. And so they would have Chris and I on to talk movies. And Doug started doing Doug Loves Movies at the UCB. 
And so we were the comedy filmers, and everyone kept going, why don't you guys just do a podcast? And right. Chris and I were like, wow, I don't know. Blah, blah. And then finally, I, I had a voiceover agent at the time, and was so we we launched Comedy Film Nerds in April of '08 as a website, um, and '08 is when I started going back on the road heavy, hard, and I also got a, a voiceover agent at that time. And my voiceover agent was like, "Here's a, a snowball microphone," and was showing me how to. I'm not very technically proficient, no. but how to record voiceover auditions on the road, right? Where I would literally be in a hotel room, put a blanket over my head. And I would record an MP3 of like, hey, all right, Graham Elwood, host voice, you know, like <laughs> 300 episodes of game shows. Um, so uh, that's what I would do. And I would email those MP3s in. Um, and, uh, and so I, was, I finally said to Chris, I go, Chris, I know how to do this. Right. Let's just do it. So we literally just put the snowball on the table in Chris's garage and started talking. And our first episode was like 15 minutes. The sound quality blows. Then we were like, maybe we should have a guest on. I think we had Jackie Cation or Mike Schmidt. And we just started talking movies. And, and you know, it just, it kind of blew up from there. And now it's like a focal point of the company. Right. Because, and we love doing it. It's the place where people are most likely to, A, find you first. Mm-hmm. But B, you can, like, the time to result like I think is really good as well. Mm-hmm. Like you can create an hour in an hour. Yeah. Which, you know, even with the website or whatever, to create an hour of content for people is, would take you probably a thousand hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, to, if you were literally going to create enough stuff that people could amuse themselves for an hour on a website, like that is hundreds or thousands of hours of work to make that work. Whereas in a podcast, I mean, yes, there's like editing and putting it up and promoting it and all those yeah. sort of things. But literally from a point of view of being creative to mm-hmm. what you get at the end result, you can talk for an hour and have an hour show at the end of it. And that, and that, you know, because we're, most of our episodes are very timely in terms of we talk about movies that just came out, we release on, we record and release on Tuesdays yep. and we talk about movies that are coming out this, this coming weekend, we rarely edit. I mean, we've done over 200 episodes and I think I've edited maybe nine of them Yeah, because we record and it goes up an hour later because we want it to be timely. Um, obviously, we've done live shows and special shows and shit like that, but we really started and we kind of found this rhythm of what it is. But then even within that, you know, Chris and I always say to each other, we can do whatever we want. Right. Like the spoiler rep that you... We're on. You did a Pacific Rim spoiler episode yes, with us, which yes. was golden. We almost lost it. I know. I remember that. Then recovered it. Oh, my God. That was like a whole drama around that. A fan. This is another great thing about podcasting. A fan fixed it for me. I sent the fan the file. Guy put it together and saved the episode. I think I mentioned this on the live episode that we did together but um, at the podcast festival. But I've not, I've not only had that. I had a fan take one that I'd posted and thought was fine offline re-edit it send it back to me and then i put it up (laughs) see that is what i love about it right like i love that fan interaction and and what it means to the fans and to come back full circle to the whole kickstarter thing that we're doing is you i'm sure have gotten not just from the episode with dave anthony that special episode but just in general i'm sure you've heard hey your, you know, Fofop got me through this tough event, whatever, chemo, or just that's tough so, job. I got a shitty job. So when, and that in itself, like, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, it got me through chemo. Right. That's the thing is like, someone says, you know what? I work in data entry and I'm sitting there like for, you know, seven or eight hours a day and that gets me through it. And you think, well, what better gift to give anyone than getting, like making your shitty day a happy day? Like at right. the end of the day, that's really what we're doing. And, you know, as people who aren't doctors or who aren't, you know, people who sure. are contributing what you consider those big things to the world, if you can make a dude who got to work a bit grumpy happier when he leaves work, he goes home, he sees his wife, his girlfriend, he's whatever, he's happier to them because he didn't have like shitty seven, you know, he doesn't come home and take out the resentment of those mm-hmm. eight shitty hours at that shitty job on the people at home because he's actually looking forward to doing something. So that's that's the first bit. The second thing is, so when we first did this podcast, when it was Tofop and Charlie and I hosted it, when he had to leave, I just never imagined that I would keep doing a podcast because the only reason we did it was it was an excuse for us to catch up. You know, like right. we literally started right. it so that at least once per week we would get together and have a conversation. <laughs> 
And, and it was so true because since we haven't been doing the podcast, we talk about twice a year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But no, I see more of my friends catching up, either having them on Comedy Film Nerds or going on their shows. Right. So, but when it finished, the amount, the only reason I started the new podcast, I think eventually I probably would have anyway. But the only reason I did it at the time was when it finished was the first time I understood how important that podcast had been to people. Because up until that point, it was just me and Charlie getting together, having some beers and talking about Batman. I didn't realise that... (laughs) That sounds so awesome. I just didn't (laughs) understand that like, there was people out there who did listen to it when they were in hospital or did listen to it when they were going through their exams or did listen to it when they were like 15 and lonely and didn't think that anybody else was into the same things they were into and heard these people talking about Or just things. live like how many people, I'm sure you get it, like I live in some small town in the middle of nowhere and you got me through it. Or, you know, we just got an email from a fan. I was just doing the Sklar Brothers and they were like, we had a fan in China saying... This is the only English I get to hear. The TV, the it's all in Chinese, obviously. So this is the only English interaction I get as an American living in China is listening to Sklarbro. I mean, we were just talking about this off air, but I, the, the podcasts are a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I am a fan of podcasts. Like mm-hmm. I listen to all these podcasts and I was saying that one of the shittiest things about going on all these podcasts is that I have to skip those episodes. <laughs> Like, I'm like, how am I going to go for my walk today? <laughs> well, dude, I was flattered that when I first came and did that tour in Australia and met Justin Hamilton, who helped put it together and and saw you. I already met you, I think, the at the... Yeah, you were you did the first year of the, the podcast festival. You were just guests uh-huh, on a couple yep. of shows. So I think I met you when we interviewed you for that. But then seeing you in Australia and you were like telling me all about, oh man, I listen to comedy film nerds and I was like, oh, wow, you know, and the whole Dark Knight spoiler app, which was the first ever spoiler app we did, right. um, which was a big deal on a lot of web- levels. And the first one is a fan emailed us and said, because we're very clear in the in, in regular comedy film nerds, we don't want to spoil the ending because people yep. get pissed off. And yeah. we learned that the hard way. And they're like, fuck you for saying this. So we don't say it. So a fan was like, I really wish you guys would do an all spoiler up about Dark Knight because I want to hear what you really, really think. think. And I was like, I said to Chris, I go, we got to do this and we'll bring Mike Schmidt on. And that episode was emotional for me because I have a strong connection to that character and to, you know, he has PTSD and all that <laughs> stuff like that yeah. is important to me. And my, I remember when Mike Schmidt said, are you too close to this? Right. <laughs> and you and I both shared that when he said that, we both in our yeah. heads went, no, you're not close enough. enough. <laughs> exactly. And I remember that though, because I, I told you this, I was so nervous about listening to that episode. Because you were worried that- I was worried that you guys were going to say things that would make me hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Justin <laughs> Hamilton, when I met him in Australia, he told me that he called you and said, Will, it's okay. Yeah, I can- It's okay, it's okay. Because you were going to like, I'm not listening to this episode. <laughs> yep. Fuck this guy when he right. comes to Australia. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I would be. I'm going to have him killed. Like we're gonna <laughs> I have, like, there's a guy who is a, like, this is, I probably shouldn't be saying this because this guy might even like better work it out. I'm sure he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> but a, a guy who's like a comedian and is a friend of mine and still is a friend of mine. Right. But I had to like stop following on Twitter and now I don't respond to anything just because he said mean things about that movie. I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry, but that has actually ruined how close we are. Like, are you allowed to have your own opinions? I still want to fucking hear your stupid opinions. I, I had Pete, we had Pete Holmes on the show. We did a live film nerds at the Limestone yeah. Comedy Festival. Pete Holmes, I think is fucking hilarious. Very, very funny. He's got a whole funny 10 minutes about making fun of the Dark Knight. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. He had those tweets and all yeah, the... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, all those stuff. Uh-huh. My comedian side of me acknowledges these are funny. Right. These make sense. No, no, yep. And, but you're, I just said to him, you're never going to change my mind. Right. It'd be like, I love, it'd be somebody coming up to me going, Graham, you know, surfing, there's sharks, the water in LA is dirty, you could hurt yourself. I'd be like, that's great. I'm going to go surfing. Right. Like, I'm never, <laughs> Dark Knight Rises is a, that's a, that's a perfect movie. I've heard all of your arguments from the right. world out there. Don't care. I don't care. Give a shit. Because here's what I felt at the end of it. Complete. Yeah. I was like, thank you. You made a movie for me. It you was made like, three fucking right. awesome movies. You ended it perfectly. But, but you know what he ended it for? It was like the, it was like the podcast of movies. Because he was like, fuck you. I'm making this for the people who love this. Yes. And this is what they want from this right. final movie, right? Yeah. Because all I've got from people who really loved... Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, last episode of Lost, 
uh, it divides people. Yes. Like people who loved that show feel betrayed by that last episode. I, some people, I'm like, one of those people. Right. I so some side. people like Justin have our Dark Knight Rises attitude to the last episode of Lost, which is that everything about that show is perfect and he doesn't <laughs> want to hear anything that it's like. And I, I'm probably somewhere in between the two of you. I, okay. I, I fluctuate a little bit. Like the first time I watched it, I did feel a little let down since I've kind of tried to revisit it through the idea of going, I loved that show so much that I'm going to kind of embrace. It's their story to tell. It's not my fucking story, and they can tell it however they want to tell it. I swear, that's this is this is my issue with that. Well, that good. sentiment Let's right there. Let's get into that. That's Let's... my sentiment right there. Right, my good. issue with that is, and maybe this is residual uh, abuse. I feel like they said "fuck you" to the fans. We're going to do whatever we want. Not Christopher Nolan said, "No, no, no." Fuck you, passive fans. Right. This is for the diehards. Uh-huh. I feel like the Lost guys early on. The first season, people were like, are they already dead? And they were like, oh, no, they're not already dead. And then they're flim-flammy. Oh, actually, they're kind of... When they explain that episode, it's, it's like that bullshit that fucking Obi-Wan says to Luke Skywalker in uh, a Jedi where he where Luke goes, why didn't you just tell me he was my, Darth Vader was my dad? Well, from another point of view, it's like, oh, <laughs> shut the fuck, okay. Like, you're backpedaling, uh, Mr. Kenobi. You know what I mean? And I feel, With all due respect, Mr. Uh, Kenobi. Uh, he was his dad. Just fucking say it. Don't say, well, Anakin was murdered. And this, he therefore wasn't the same man. Like, okay. Uh, you're a lawyer now, are you, Ben? Yeah, Is yeah, that yeah. what we're doing? <laughs> we're arguing over oh. fine print? Okay, that's oh, I'm exactly sorry. what he did. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know this was Kenobi and Associates, so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Kenobi and Associates. Uh, were you injured in an accident? Um, uh, Call crazy Ben Kenobi. <laughs> TIE fighter accident? Call Ben. 1-800-FORMER-JEDI. Um, <laughs> sand people dispute? Um... um yeah, that's what I felt like with the last thing. Right, that's interesting to me. I would uh, say I have revisited that ending and I think the only thing that I did not – there's two things that I think uh, don't work for me about that ending. Oh, okay, firstly, uh, Dark Knight Rises, uh, while I say it's flawless, I say it's flawless in the way that like even the most beautiful diamond in the world has a tiny sure. speck of a flaw. That's what makes it. For me – there's one line in The Dark Knight Rises that I did not enjoy and I've watched that movie now probably 25, 30 times and I still don't enjoy it every time, which is um, uh, the the final fight scene, Bane and Batman when he first comes back and, you know, Bane uh, you know, says, have you come back to die with your city? And and uh, Batman says, what did he say? Oh, no, I've come. Like, I've even blocked it out of my right. mind. It's like, no, back, no, I've come back to stop you or yeah, whatever yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. And you're like, Batman wouldn't say that. I was... My thing has always been he should have just punched him in the face. Right. Like he shouldn't have said anything. He should have just started fighting because that's yeah. what he was back to do, right? He yeah. wasn't back to say some corny, like diehard one-liner. But then I met like a- You're the bane of my existence. <laughs> like, like- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really rampant. This horrible. Just fight. I see what you're saying. But um, when I was uh, in Denver, I had breakfast with a guy who listens to the podcast. He reached out to me and I was like, do you want to get together and mm-hmm. have breakfast? And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. We'll, we went and had breakfast. And he suggested to me that the line should have been, if that's what it takes. Because if he'd said in that moment, like if you come back to die with your city, if Batman had said, if that's what it takes, to me, A, oh. that's Batman, right? But B, it sets up, what happens at the ending so much like I'm willing to fuck like because yeah. that is what he's willing what to do. do he will die for Gotham so what I'm saying is as soon as we have the technology for me at home with this zoom to just re-edit that one line and put the- I'm gonna because <laughs> he's got a mask on it's not like I'm gonna be I'm just gonna re-edit that in and then it's, it's like what Topher Grace did with the Star Wars prequels yeah. and edit them to like a 60 minute perfect film right. Right. I'm, yeah I'm just gonna send and then I'm gonna send it into Chris Null <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he I'm sure he's the first wingnut fan to send him a, a different version I'm sure he's just like oh wonderful um yeah, right. I, yeah, okay. Okay, so um, uh, final episode of Lost was what I was going to say was this. I think that the network fucked them a little bit, which is the, with the, the aeroplane footage mm-hmm. on the beach over mm-hmm. the ending credits. I think that confused a lot of people that they had been dead the whole time, right. which they weren't. They were 
they all died in their own time. It, like, right. you know, as they say in the show, everything that happened, happened. Everything that you saw happen on the island actually happened. Whatever that series six or series seven thing, that right. last thing, that alternate world was some sort of whatever you want to call it, right. holding place where they would all meet each other when they died naturally one by one. Right. So I think it led to a misinterpretation of the way they shot it and that last bit, some people were just like, oh, they were dead the yeah, whole time. Yeah, and that time, does reek which, of the network going, well, we need to explain this or, yeah. you know. And I don't think it was – so I think that there's a part of me that – um it's tried to you know em- embrace that and get like you know let them tell the story that yeah that, that they wanted to tell. You know I, I I I hear that and and I I also think part of the problem with Lost is a is a pitfall of American television, which is like on the BBC they do six episodes or one season uh-huh. maybe three at the most. Yep. And American TV they're gonna milk that fucking thing and it happens on pickish picket Mad Men. Breaking Bad, there's always some season or even some episodes within a season where you're like, they're fucking spinning their wheels. And where if you knew it was going to be three seasons, you would just fucking boom, you would get into it. Like they keep dragging it out. Like Lost, you could tell they would just go, well, we got to, we got to shuffle our feet for this fucking episode. And so we're going to go off in this dumb direction. You'd be like, what happened to all that crazy shit you just introduced? And that's the problem of like, well, we need another season. We need another pickup. We need more money. And it it dilutes what is a great thing. Well, that's that's interesting. And it comes back, to, I guess, to, the, to bring us back to podcasting again, which is that in some ways, everything is always a compromise. Sure. Like, you know, the re- you, you, you can't just tell the story the way that you wanted to tell the story. Right. You know, sometimes it's about, I mean, this famous story. I mean, you look at Breaking Bad, like... Uh, um, uh, Jesse, uh, what the God, uh, Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, yeah. Like that character was going to be killed off first season. Yeah. First season. Like, can you imagine that story? I know. Without that, right? So, like, things happen along the way, and, and that's a that's a good that's a good right. That's a good one, right? Yeah. So it comes back to the idea of podcasts, which is quite a lot of the time you're just getting the idea unfiltered. Like for good or for ill, right? Because sometimes, like sometimes, editing or outside like feedback is really important, right? Like I joke all the time when people like complain about this podcast. Like my first thing I always say is "fuck you," it's a free podcast. Yeah. But at the same time, if they've got a valid point, I still will take it on board and it will feed into my. You implement some of the some of the good criticisms. I'll implement. Like Chris and I have done that a bunch of times, right? And we're like this, the whole spoiler thing. Fans were getting mad, so we yep. made that a clear thing. And that we've, and then it makes it a new creative thing. Which is awesome. Which is great. It, it makes it into a new, better thing. And the, uh, sorry, the, the thing that I was going to say about that was that I, um, I, I like uh, to, to get that feedback. And I like to, you know, change things based on what the audience mm-hmm. wants. And with the podcast, you do have that capacity. You have the capacity to ignore it as well. Sure. If you want to ignore it. But it's... It's there and you can get that in a way that sometimes I think when you're successful in particular, people stop giving you good feedback. Like, you know, you look at Judd Apatow, like what I loved about Judd Apatow movies when they first came out was they didn't have that hour of stuff they now let him leave in because he's a big star director and he can put whatever he wants in there. That's the single greatest uh, killer of good comedy is getting crazy successful and everybody telling, oh, that's great. You need somebody to go, no, 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 dude, that joke sucks. Or someone already did that joke. Yeah. Or, or or maybe that joke would be better if you cut out the other three times you make exactly that same joke. Yeah, yeah. You're making that joke over. It's like Anchorman 2. I felt the same thing. I saw Anchorman 2 and I went, oh, this is, nobody told them no. There's right. no pressure from any of it. They already got the money from Dodge and all right. those other places. <laughs> you know, so there were funny moments in Anchorman 2, but I was like, Right. This is Adam McKay just doing whatever, and him and Will Ferrell doing whatever they want. Yeah. Not one person is in there, at least. Because you know what? Sometimes when you have to fight for a joke, it makes it a better joke as well. Right. When you got, when you got, you have to fight for a joke or you get resistance from somewhere and, and, you know, somebody says, or how about this or that? And when no one is saying that, because part of it, what happens is it, becomes in your own personal financial interest to not argue right when you're a underling or whatever and that you see that happen with very funny comedians that get sitcoms or whatever and you're like come on man i've seen this dude's act he's fucking on fire why are we watching this sort of watered down i always think that to me what makes seinfeld 
like what made Seinfeld so great and what means that I can still watch an episode of Seinfeld right. and still find it good. And I don't have any knowledge of this. This is just me guessing. But I think it would have to do with the relationship between Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I think in a different world, without Larry David, Seinfeld, that could have become a very bland and boring. Of course. You know, I feel like he had, he always had Larry. It, Worst come to worst, he always had Larry David thinking something was a stupid idea. Yeah. Or Larry David going, we have to do, you know, like, and I think that that relationship, having that person in your corner to be able to tell you when you're being shit. Yeah. Is as valuable as someone who's going to tell you you're fantastic or more valuable. Because even like, even as you like performing live, if you sometimes go on stage, you've seen, you know, people who are very famous or whatever and they perform and you're there, they can like you can say the audience will just let you say and do anything, which in some ways is freeing as an artist. Right. Like, oh, this is my fans. They love whatever I do. And they let me go wherever I want to go. I which go. is fantastic. And you can find great right. things in that. You can, yeah. oh my God, I never would have found that tag because I never would have gone there. Right. But then you also can just like, yeah, you can just, you know, spin your wheels basically, or you can just juggle and they're like, oh my God, it's brilliant. He's the most amazing juggler I've ever. It's like, no, he's just fucking juggling, dude. It's, it's funny. We were talking about this um, off air, but I'm happy to talk about it on air, which is that I did Doug Loves Movies last night mm-hmm. at UCB. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about the idea that I didn't feel like I had done a particularly good job myself, but I thought I felt like the show had been fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was a good show. And I felt like that, me trying to, if I had let my ego take over and just gone, no, I want to be part of this fantastic, that I would have made the show worse. Well, I might yeah, have. Yeah. I might have like, I might have pulled it off and then I, <laughs> but there was a big chance that I was just going to be like, yeah. no, they're already having a good time. You know, you have to be aware of your space and aware of who you are and aware of what your role is. And those things are still important it's still important to remember that you're part of a team and that you're part of a show right. and that you're part of a night yeah okay so let's go back to the um uh, the kickstarter thing so you've started the podcast you've got this podcast going you've started the podcast festival mm-hmm. and then you do all these interviews at the podcast festival and 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 we realize all of the things we've just been talking about for the last whatever half hour chris and i were like this should be a documentary because there was a there was a camera crew in the first year, um, and the guy was like, "I'm going to make a podcast documentary." I'm blanking out his name, but he's the same guy who who directed uh, Bitter Buddha, the Eddie Pepitone documentary. Oh, okay. And we're like, "Wow, this guy's a very was good." Was it doc- Emery Emery? Did he do that, or no, was it somebody else? No, it was. Um, who did that? God damn it! Uh, I've met. Uh, he's going to be mad at me if he hears me not remembering his name. Okay. But anyway, well, hello if you listen to the podcast. God, oh, big fan, it. huge fan. Um, <laughs> I love everything you do. Uh, so we were like, wow, this is a great guy to make this documentary. That fell apart. The podcasting documentary fell apart. And then, so we got these interviews and, you know, some other people were like, we want to make, maybe make a podcasting documentary. And then Chris came to me and he goes, in the nerd garage, and he goes, dude, who knows more about filmmaking, podcasting, and documentaries than right. we do? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so, you know, this is interesting too, by the way, because that's your perfect storm theory. Like it's your, uh, you know, if you want to go the Malcolm Gladwell way or whatever, but it's about mm-hmm. being in the right place at the right time with the right amount of skills. Like, you know, you guys are genuinely, like when you started a podcast, you didn't think we're going to do a podcast documentary. When uh, you with started, a festival, we didn't think any of that. When you started like, le- you know, being interested in film and like right. learning film skills, and you didn't think, oh, one day we will start a podcast and we'll be able to make a, like a documentary. About yeah. it. Like all these things have come together, but you're absolutely right. No one understands the world better, is at mm-hmm. the heart of the world, you know, through the festival and that sort of thing. Uh, but also has like, I mean, obviously the, the, the broader film, you know, skills mm-hmm. and film knowledge to do that. So you guys... But it must have been a big thing to then, because it, it's it's fine to think that it's fine to have that conversation. It's much more ballsy to then go, we want to actually do this. We're going to put our hand up and say we want to do this. You know, and and Chris and I have been talking a lot about that because it's all everyone's it's all eyes on us. Uh-huh. You know, if this thing doesn't fund, it's like hmm, yeah. Chris and Graham couldn't pull it off. Right. You know, <laughs> and if it does fund, then it's all on us. Yeah. Um, but I think. Nobody got into show business to take play it safe. At least I didn't. It's it's every morning you get up and you you roll the dice. So we were just like the first year of the podcast festival was funded by Kickstarter, uh-huh. and 
you know, some people are like, because we need $135,000 to do this movie. And some people are like, well, that's a lot. Why don't you just go 40 or 50? And we're like, well, 40 wouldn't we get it done. We can't do it. We can't do it. Right. And I can't take time off the road unless I'm getting paid. Right. And I've, I did a documentary, Afghanistan, where we only had a handful, you know, 30 grand, and it took me three and a half fucking years. It yep. almost killed me, yep. you know? And so... Yeah, podcast, podcast might be over by the time you yeah, finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe the government will shut it down, you or... Can, you can put it on the History Channel. Yeah. <laughs> there was or, this great moment. I made a podcast about... And it faded. It was like CB yeah. radios. Yeah. They're over. <laughs> um, so... Uh, People have probably just been downloading shit into their heads by the time yeah, you've exactly. finished. Like, like, who gives everyone will have the chip in their arm. Beep, beep, beep. Right. Um, so, you know. Yeah, good luck with your podcast documentary, mate. We can now download porn into our heads. Yeah, I, so. can, <laughs> I can touch a book and know every word in it. Yeah. Like, because I just scan it with the fucking laser in my palm. Um, so, we were like, let's do this. And we realized that podcasting is. The, the reason, like you said, Chris and I, every podcaster has probably had a day where they went, why am I doing this? Right. You get an email, you go to a live show, somebody comes up. Like when I, again, did that little tour in Australia, I was doing bar gigs, I, right. you know, and I was some little bar outside of suburban Adelaide or some shit. And there was a couple of film nerd fans. Right. And I was like, I'm on the other side of the planet. Um, no, no, but I, like, I mean, I've, when I'm on the road here, like right. I'm in places that I have never been before. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm looking out in the audience and seeing people in like Tofop t-shirts or whatever. But then I talk to them after the show and some of them have driven like seven or eight hours yes. to get to the nearest place I was going that was near them. That's what they will do. That's what they will do. It's, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I literally, I've heard that, well, we drove three hours. Like Chris and I did a show in Barstow, which is in the middle of the desert. It's the halfway between LA and Vegas. Mm -hmm. It's strip malls and meth, you know, right. like there's nothing, there's nothing there. And, <laughs> and you can stay up all day to all say nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's like a, you know, there's no, it's, the it's, one place where you want to be awake yeah, 24 yeah, hours a day. It's, it's, you are driving across. It's like driving across the outback. Right. It's fucking, there's nothing there. And yeah. people were like, we drove three hours to that town. Right. Like we live more out of the way than the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. to see Chris and I do stand up in the back of a Mexican restaurant yeah. and it was fucking packed. And so we want that connection. What the movie, what, a big part of the, the, the 135 grand is we want to travel around and interview. Like I want to see the guy in the middle of nowhere who listens to this on his tractor or whatever. Yeah. And, and if we hit the, we have some stretch goals. We get like 20 grand over the 135. We want to go to Australia. I want to interview some dude that's wherever, riding a train in Melbourne or out in the middle of fucking nowhere saying, I listen to Doug Love's movies in the fucking outback. And I want to show that I almost on a split, I almost envision like a split screen of like Mark Marin in his garage and then some dude in the middle of nowhere listening to that episode there's an interesting uh advertisement on the television here at the moment i think it's for uh it's what for one of the american uh car companies and uh it's about great things coming out of garages i don't know if you've seen that ad yes. but it's like you know like you know google started apple, in a garage YouTube. apple started mm -hmm. in a garage you know like mm -hmm. and the ramones started in a garage there's great things that can come out of american garages and then it's whatever car company right. that it is but that's the thing is like it's literally people making like mark Marin makes the most like popular comedy podcast in the world in his garage in his garage I mean, Jimmy Pardo, they've moved, but he used to do it above a 7-Eleven. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I did, you did the that. You did the yeah. gig, and you'd go, and you'd walk past a homeless dude, right. and you'd grab You a, felt like you were going to get murdered. Yeah, you are going to get shanked. You had to go up to like a weird balcony where you're like, I don't even know where the door is here. Yeah. And this is like... Dark staircase where you're like, oh, this is where someone died. Right. Like, you can smell death, <laughs> you know, and urine. <laughs> and, you know, like, we do ours in Chris's garage. Right. You know, and all these shows happened out of nowhere and part of it obviously is the technology mm -hmm. and so we want to show that i want to show the connection to the fan you know we had a fan um in uh japan after the tsunami and earthquake hit and she her name is sanai narita and she's a huge comedy film nerd fan and we've always joked her name is sandy like we mispronounce her name and she lives in hong kong tokyo we just act like dumb americans that don't know where anything is and we call her big fan japan 
when that hit, all of our fans on Twitter were asking her on Twitter, are you okay? Right. And it was like, Chris and I were like, you know, in the middle of this awful event, this little community of, no, it's a community of film nerds were all looking out for each other. That's one of the reasons we started the festival. I was like, I want all these people in one room. I want to have a fucking slumber party with these people. I mean, it's the, it's the podcast festival. Like the first time I, like the first year, I, I said to people afterwards, I said, I've been to some of the biggest festivals around the world, mm -hmm. both comedy, but also as a, like to music festivals sure. and stuff. Like, you know, it's something that I like to do for fun. And I'd never felt more of a vibe than I did that first year at that festival because you'd brought together a group of people. I mean, it's a weird idea. You're essentially bringing together a group of people who consume the thing they do individually. Like it's a bunch of agoraphobes. Right. You know what I mean? Like I mean, it was, you did need the double sides room because no one would sit next to each other. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needed like a gap in between personal space issues. <laughs> but yeah. but they all love, they, they all have this one thing in common, even though they might not have anything else in common. But secondly, it, it's still at a point where people love podcasts mm -hmm. like you know as in somebody was asking me we were lucky enough that uh tofop uh, itunes australia called uh fofop that named their number one podcast of 2013 and i was being interviewed about that by you know a journalist who, who wanted to write a story about it and she said you know how does it feel to have beaten these other podcasts and i said this is the one area of my life where it's that's not what it feels like we're all in this together it and people who like podcasts like podcasts yeah like because they're not up against each other there's you no can, it's not like you and mine are both thursday at eight right and then that's a competition and no. then people are making a choice no you just load the ones you like on your thing and you listen to them when you want to listen to them. high tide raises all boats and you right. know and that's one of the things we wanted to do with the festival is you know i i'm always like i always say to the fans come to the festival see your favorites but check out a show you've never right Heard and like it just happened. I've been doing a million, I've been a guest on a million shows, and I was just on probably science with Andy Wood. Great podcast. I love I've yep. you know, and Andy helps run the festival. Yep. And Matt uh, Matt Kirshen's a regular on this podcast, so people will know him and uh, hopefully hilarious. they've checked out the podcast. He's hilarious. So fucking Jesse's funny. very funny. And a fan, a big fan of mine was like that podcast is great. I yep. just listened to it, Graham, because you were on it. Right. And I'm like, that's what I want. But that is what you want. That's I, my, uh, the amount of times where people say that to me, like, you know, I've been on something mm -hmm. or vice versa that somebody came to me through hearing me on, you know, like I, I, dude, we've picked up some film nerds has so many fans in Australia now because I've been on this and you've been on ours. Right. It's the coolest fucking thing. And then there are world that, so I guess this is what I was going to say about the, the nature of you're asking for a lot of money for this right. thing. But what I would like to make the point to the audience is that this will be good for podcasting. Like if you like podcasting, if, if you want to support podcasting, and often with this podcast, I don't really ask too often sure. for people to support things, but I, I mostly just say, come to my shows. And by the way, I still come to my shows. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Donate to Kickstarter yeah. and go see and real also life. come and see my shows. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're tossing up between the two, still come and see my show. But if you've got some <laughs> extra cash, <laughs> like I've got to earn my living. Hey, brother, I hear but, you. I hear but you. this is... This will be good for podcasting. If you like podcasts and you would like them to continue, like the awareness of podcasts is not going to destroy podcasts. It's the awareness of podcasts is only going to mean, like I'm lucky now that I'm not doing the television at home and I'm over here, I have a little bit more time. I've been putting out episodes like maybe two or three a week. When I get them done, I just put them up because I can. Right. Like if I had the capacity to be able to do like five a week or whatever, I would do five a Are week. Are you kidding if that's me? That's what people wanted. Chris like, and I talk about that all the time. You know, we love, like we when we added the spoiler apps, we can't, we wish we had more time to do that every week. Right. We'd love to release it. And that's what, if, the end, if there's more people listening and if more people know how to get a podcast and access a podcast, then the entire industry grows. Right. And this, like sometimes it takes a movie. You know, sometimes it takes a, you know, I mean, I even look at like music docos, things like um, the ones that spring to mind are just like of bands that I had never heard of. So you look at mm -hmm. things like um, the Anvil documentary oh, or... That was one of the first movies we reviewed on the website. Right. And it was like, I had never heard of Anvil. And then it was like, it's heartbreaking and also beautiful and motivational, that movie. Right. And a band called Death, which was another one yeah, that yeah. came out recently. Um, <sighs> searching for Sugarman. Jeez. Like, I saw that in Adelaide. Right. At a theater in Adelaide. 
and it was a it was a magical moment like for me as a comedian as a filmmaker like to watch that i mean so for me i think with the podcast world once mm-hmm. people understand podcasts like i mean there are people i guess who just would love them who don't who 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 are scared of them right they just don't know how to get it they don't know how to what the world is they don't know who's doing it because mm-hmm. it is a foreign world to them. Yes. So I, I, all I wanted to really say was if people love podcasts, then supporting like a project like mm-hmm. this is something where you can actually, you know, you're helping guarantee the future of podcasts. Because a movie like this, a documentary like this, it's going to get new ears on people's podcasts. It's going to get new attention to the industry. That's the goal. It's what we need. We need a circuit breaker as an yeah. industry to take it to the ne- that next level. Marin did a lot of the, like, I mean, not just Marin, like, sure. But you know, Joe you Rogan guys, and all and those And you guys, guys with the festival and like all these things, mm-hmm. people have been doing a lot of like heavy lifting and it's broken through a little bit into the public consciousness, but it needs like a moment to really go, this is what it is. And look at the connection that the fans have with it. And look at these fans. Don't you want to be a part of stories. this? Like, that's what we want to yeah. say in the film. I want, cause to me, as a guy that's made a documentary and watched a million of them, the best documentaries are like all the ones you've listened to. It shows me about something I had no idea. Right. I did not know about. Like one of them, uh, like I talk about this documentary a lot, Riding Giants. It's a surf documentary about big wave surfers. Now oh. I'm a surfer, so I obviously loved it. You don't have to be a surfer to watch that and go, holy shit, yeah. that's the history of surfing. These guys are riding 50-foot waves, and that's what I want this movie which is, is called earbuds the podcasting documentary it's if you go into kickstarter and search earbuds you'll find that or you can go to comedyfilmers.com and there's a banner ad to click through so i want like you just talked about i want all these people that all of the what's a podcast people to watch this documentary and go holy shit i watch aisha tyler on on that show on cbs every morning right i can you mean i can get an hour of her for free for free and she takes me two seconds to download yeah and And i just says whatever she wants just on my phone right or i can just i can just carry it around with me and listen to it whenever i want whenever i want so if i'm going for a walk in the morning i can just listen to her being funny or if i'm on the train for 15 minutes yeah when i'm on the treadmill at the gym yeah i can just listen to it yeah you you just have it in your pocket that's what i want this and you don't just have one of them you can have as many as you want stop start but we're going, we're going on a long road trip. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Stock them up on your phone. I've had people say that. My right. husband and I drove across country and we yeah. listened to 10 episodes of Comedy Film Nerds. You know, and it's like, awesome. And so that's what we want this film to do. So what, uh, what is the end date for the... February 24th. So we're coming up on it. Um, we got a fair amount of way to go. So um, tell me about like, because you've, the thing about Kickstarter and stuff like that, because again, you know what? There's probably people listening to this who've never... What's Kickstarter? What's Kickstarter? Like, how does that work? What, what? Yeah, Kickstarter is a, a basically a crowdsourced, crowdfunded, you can fund anything on there. Yeah. Um, like we did the, the podcast festival. And so what you do is you donate and we have all these donation tiers. And basically what we're doing is we're pre-selling like for 25 bucks, you can get a download of the movie. Mm-hmm. For 50 bucks, you can get a DVD, autographed DVD. And then yep. we just had some So, like, I mean, that's the thing. So for $25, which is, just imagine, are you the sort of person that would go and see, like, this documentary when it came out? Right. Right? Well, basically, what you're doing is just paying before. Just buy now. Just buy it now, which means it can get made. Yeah. You're hel- and and that's the other thing, too, because the crowd, we, you know, Chris and I talked about this. We were like, one of the reasons why Kickstarter makes sense for this the, I want the crowd to have ownership right. of this. It I is wa- what it is. The listeners need to yep. be have a hand in Most this. Most podcasts exist because the listeners are involved with them, mm-hmm. whether it's buying a T-shirt or like pushing a donation page or like clicking through to a you know Amazon link or whatever it is that helps out the podcast. Most of them are funded by and supported by like the audience anyway. So this is just another way to be able to... And we all have like our theme song was made by a fan. Like uh-huh. everyone's like our fan, every show I've been on is like a fan sent this in and now we yeah. use it or whatever. So I want them to get this. And we've also had some cool stuff. Some some sponsors have come in. Tweaked Audio has come in and they're throwing, giving, uh, they've donated a bunch of earbuds. Mm-hmm. So like... For $75, you can get the DVD and an earbud, and they're, they're a $25 value. Yep. So you're basically just buying right. stuff you would want. And what's like, what about the other end? Because like, you must have some big, because, you yes. know, or, like as much, and 
firstly, what I'm saying is everyone go out there and, uh, you know, buy a ticket. And, and I'm going to mention something else in a minute, but we'll get to that at, towards the end of the podcast. But everyone go out and, like, at least, you know, pay your $25 for yeah. the, the basic minimum. But what's really going to help this project get funded by the 24th is that you need some of the big we do. end things. We've so what's, what's up the top end? What can people... 10 grand. Right. And you're an executive producer on the film and we'll fly you out for the podcast festival. Well, and see, that's exciting. Yeah. Like if someone has 10 grand and you really love podcasts, plus you've always wanted to be an executive producer yeah. on a film. Yeah, and people always ask us, and I say this on every interview, they're always like, but Graham, I don't have any experience being a producer yep. on a film. You don't need to know. No. No, no, no one in Hollywood Not in knows Hollywood what, the either. They no. know what the fuck they're doing at all. Um, <laughs> We're just going to give you the title. Like yeah. you're a star. Yeah, like... Like, Basically, you've been given a title like you're a star. That's it. Yeah. And we will treat you like that. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to get your own Coke and hookers. That's on you. Right. The, the project can't well, that's fine. If you've got $10,000 to drop on a podcast documentary, you've, you've got, got a, money for Coke yeah. and hookers. Come on. Come on let's, guys. let's be real. In fact, take some of your Coke and hookers money and send it towards the podcast. <laughs> just for That's what I'm saying. One week off the Coke and hookers. Just and one week. Come on. Do it. Help us out. So 10 grand gets you that. Five grand, you're like an associate producer. Uh-huh. So obviously those tiers, like if we can get a handful of people coming in like that, right. it would be great. So 200,000, you get to direct it. 200, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will step down as director. 500,000, <laughs> you can make it about whatever you want. doesn't even have to be about podcasting. A million dollars, you can murder me. Right. You can kill me as long as you make the movie and it's finished before you kill me. Closing credits at the premiere, put one between my eyes. I'll right. be, I'll die a happy In memory man. of. Yeah. <laughs> Scrolls up, boom, boom, take me out. I'd love it. I, I like the idea that you would be standing there and like they're doing it kind of like uh, the final scene of Scrooge. Do you know where Bill Murray's there and he's like mucking around with the credits and like you're standing there basking in the glow of the documentary and then it just comes up on the screen uh, in memory of Graham Elwood yeah. and like the date that you died and you just look at it and then someone comes in and just pops you in the yeah, back just of the head. Yeah, just boom. Just you see like a red uh, sniper <laughs> right. laser on my forehead just like pew, my head explodes on the screen my brain's on the screen as my name goes that's a beautiful moment and that is the shot they will use in the in memoriam at the yeah. Oscars that year a million bucks you get to murder bucks. me in front of a f- friends and family come on but if you don't have a million dollars there are other ways There's other you ways. can get it 10 grand yeah uh, alright well um, uh, that was fantastic I enjoyed Dude, so please you. I would love to get people involved but here's how um TOEFOP uh, listeners can get involved. I would encourage people just to go and uh, like get involved by themselves. But uh, because I think that this project is good for podcasting, and I know that you've already had some other podcasts who've mm-hmm. uh, who've donated some money to yes. the podcast, I was like, well, how can we get involved here? So we're going to do something as well. Uh, so we were already uh, bringing out a range. We do limited edition T-shirts on this because I've never done T-shirts and stuff for money or to make – I just like – People who like the show wanted something to have. So about every three months, we'll just put out a limited edition of 200 T-shirts and people can like, that's all there is. But so on February 14, it's the one year, it's the one year anniversary of, uh, of FOFOP. Um, uh, so we will have done one year since we started doing the new podcast. And so I was thinking about doing something special for that. And James Fosdyke's done a drawing for us. It's a guess Charlie number one. So it's basically, uh, it's like Charlie's uh, face on a mask being pulled off and uh, Dave Anthony is underneath. <laughs> um, and so we're going to do 200 of those. They're out on February 14. And if uh, in the past there's been any indication, they normally sell out within 24 hours. Um, we are going to donate all the money we make from those T-shirts to the, what? to the doco all of it all the profit we make from those 200 but i'm also going to say this if we sell them out in that first weekend we will put on another i don't know how many but whatever we do like so because it's always going to be 200 but if we sell out the 200 that weekend then on the monday we will put in another order and we'll put that money in as well so what i wanted to say to people is there might be people out there who want to help but they want to like Get something at the same time, right? Get so we've got these limited edition T-shirts. However many we sell, we'll give the profits to the we'll dedicate we'll uh, we'll donate to donate to the Kickstarter for the thing. Dude. So there we go. So people can um, get involved that way as <laughs> That's well. That's the coolest. Uh, fan, anyone listening, this is not 
I've just heard of this. He just told me this now. So that's the one of the coolest things that anyone's Well, done. you know what? The funny, the funny thing is I like doing the T-shirts just for the fans. But I like these ones are even better because I think it says to people out there, they're like, well, you know, there'd be enough people anyway who are like, yeah, well, I just want to be involved in that. That's a fun thing. But this time you're getting involved in it and you're helping not only this podcast, but you're helping podcasts in general. So anyway, uh, they can find it at Kickstarter. Uh, it's called Earbuds, right? The po- Earbuds, a podcasting documentary. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, they can find you uh, Comedy Film Nerds, your podcast. Uh, on pretty much every other podcast this <laughs> yeah, if you listen to a podcast in February I'm on it right or Chris uh, and uh, Chris will be on the show next week so we'll, we'll definitely update um, all those details and remind people of that as well next week when he's on uh, you're at Graham Elwood on Twitter right mm-hmm. GrahamElwood.com uh, if you want my tour dates if you're living in the states or whatever and uh, you know email a club wherever you live if you want me to come headline that always helps does, does that help do that yeah if enough fans do it some certain club owners are going hey man you got a lot of fans in this city so I'm talking to you, Sydney and Brisbane. I'm, yeah, I, I want to go surfing. I must admit that I um, uh, so Byron Bay is where you need to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to play if anyone's listening in Byron Bay. All right, uh, but I, you know, I often have people like when I'm uh, like promoting my American dates, I'll have some people go, "When are you coming to San Diego?" I'm like, "You have no idea how my career works." Yeah. <laughs> I don't get to choose where I'm yeah, going. I know, I know. I go wherever someone else pulled out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when do I get to go to San Diego? When Kevin Pollock has another late minute thing to do. That's when I get to go to San Diego. But you know, if you email the club in San Diego, yeah. maybe maybe that'll help. Um, I will plug my tour dates. Um, uh, I am in San Francisco this weekend at Sketchfest. Uh, particularly Thursday night, I'm doing a show with uh, Dave Hill. And um, uh, that's like just a split bill. So if you want to come and see me do like, you know, half an hour of stand-up, that's the show to go to. But um, on Friday night, I'm doing, uh, I think, Prompter and uh, Kurt Brynoller's show. And on Saturday, I'm doing Set List, which is an absolutely oh, huge lineup of... Show. Uh, it's a great show. And, and Bobcat's on. And Sketchfest is an awesome festival. I've never been. It's a lot of I've fun. never done stand-up in San Fran at it's, all. So you'll love it. Yeah, I'm looking forward you'll to it, it a lot. But if people could come to my show, that would be... <laughs> come on out to Will's. <laughs> that would be fantastic. And my Australian tour is on sale. Adelaide starts really soon, March the 2nd. Uh, we're Luminati. Uh, Brisbane, uh, I'm only there for a week. Those Brisbane shows are really close to selling out. So if you're in Brisbane, I'm getting really quick for that. Uh, I'm in Melbourne for the month uh, at the Comedy Theatre this year. And uh, Sydney Comedy Festival, my Chatswood show is already sold out. We've added a second one, but that has to be the last one. And um, the it's not, it's not until May but the Enmore shows are over half sold out already. So if you want to come and see those shows, uh, I think you'd have to get in. Don't wait until May is my point. Uh, <laughs> get on it. Uh, that's what I would say. But um, uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you again soon.